morning, you guys, and happy Thursday. It is Amanda and Heather. So let's talk schools. So the Portland School、uh, District just saw a 67% increase in staff over the last five years, while the students have seen a 15% decline in enrollment. But yet, we pay tax, us taxpayers pay $40,000 per year per student to be taught. And it's kind of interesting because it's like, what's wrong with that picture? So we're increasing、But、all of these staff. I'm thinking the math has not been taught to the people based on what I'm hearing there. Right. Like, so that, let's do this equation. So we went up by 67% increase in staff, by, but the, the decline of 15% of the students. So, why are we hiding, hiring more staff for less students? Right, exactly. It doesn't make sense. And what's interesting is, oh, it's. And what's interesting to me is that、um, the Salem Kaiser School District is looking at a similar situation. So, they said that they are losing about 30, or, sorry, $30 million for the next school year.、Um, but yet, the district has added more than 450 staff members since the beginning of the pandemic.、Um, and let's see, where did it go? And they're losing around 400 students per year. So,、um, and then they have a budget of $1.3 billion, and 87% of that budget is spent on wages. And staff for the less population of students. Right. Again, we have a math problem, right? But、I'm、we don't have any standards. Standing. We don't have any standards for math anymore, so I guess you can do funny math. I'm not getting it. So, and it's like, You would think that we would put our money towards different programs in the schools,、uh, upgrading the buildings, school supplies, all these different things. But I, and I guarantee you that 87% of the wages isn't going to the teachers either. It's going to the administration staff that、mm-hmm. aren't even in the building. So I'm, I'm a little frustrated and、um, irritated with it all, but it is what it is. So I just thought that was kind of interesting.、Um, I'm wondering st- when they're going to give me my $40,000 per student because I'm homeschooling. <laughs> And that's one thing that I know Mark Thielman was wanting to work on when, when he was running for governor is that, yeah, what about the kids that don't go to public schools? Because we're paying, we're paying property tax, we're funding、yep. schools,、mm-hmm. and then we get to pay an additional amount to,、uh, for our students. Yeah, you're paying for those students to go to school. Yes, you're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. All right, you guys,、uh, welcome Dan Bongino. Good morning, you guys. It is Amanda and Heather. And let's talk Blobby. Let's talk some Blobby. Do you know who Blobby is? You know, I just learned. <laughs> There's at least 314 people out there that might know who Blobby is. <laughs> just 314, though. So, Oregon taxpayers have paid $350,000 for this election public relations campaign that includes Blobby, the election mascot. And Blobby is very,、uh, kind of a yellowish orange. Has eyes and a mouth, or smile at least. Not necessarily hands. <laughs>、uh, the P- Portland design firm Happy Lucky describes Blobby as a genderful and inclusive animated character committed to helping Oregonians combat election misinformation. Lovely. So I wasn't sure what genderful meant、uh, because Blobby has pronouns of they, them. And a, ch-、uh, that、uh, genderful is a term for acknowledging that one's full spectrum of self is unique to the individual being full of gender as opposed to genderless. So Blobby is a they, them. So they are, are they calling me genderless? I think you only have one versus full spectrum. So I'm genderless in their opinion. I don't know. I think you have one. <laughs> <laughs> But according to Secretary of State Fagan,、uh, is quoted as saying, I want the characters in these videos to be to Oregon elections what Smokey the Bear is to wildfire prevention. So that's crazy. It's like they are. 
This and this is totally a Portland thing. Um, well, an Oregon thing. No, it's an Oregon thing. My but we're Lord. keeping the money local. We're keeping it in a in a design firm in Portland. But we did do the numbers. We have roughly a little under three million registered voters. Yep. For the state of Oregon, and we figured out with IG. Uh, the Instagram post, we have at least 78 followers there. We have at least 91 followers on Facebook and at least 145 on Twitter. Now, this is not counting, I'm sure, none of the designers or the people on staff. These are definitely <laughs> voters that are following Blobby to make sure that they are not misinformed. So when we took those followers and likes, we added them up and it was 314. So we divided that by the $350,000 that they are spending on this campaign of our taxpayers' dollars. And it's about $1,115 of influence influence to get (laughs) each of those people to let them know that Blobby, the them they, is there to let you know about misinformation about voting. Again, Oregon is number one in the nation, the first and only gender full blob mascot for voting, uh, you know, election mascot. I'm so glad we got that title of number one of having Blobby that's love full of ger- genders. <laughs> it just blows my mind. Like, this is the things that we're pushing. And that's, it's also kind of what, like, what, I mean, we talked about the schools today. $350,000 that's being spent on a, if you look at it, I mean... I, I don't want to critique the art too bad, but I'm pretty sure if we could have put that towards schools maybe and let the children draw this or, I don't know, put it into the, uh, something like that. Right. Well, and it's like there, it's, it almost is like a child's character and having all of these genders and stuff. It's like, we're adults here. You can talk to us like we're adults. We don't need to have 20 million genders. It's it's really frustrating. Um, I We're not frustrated. Nope. I almost feel stupid trying to comprehend this because it just is absolutely ridiculous. Your is being used at their best use. Here so we go. thank you, Secretary of State, for spending this much money on such a great idea. We'll be informed. Oh, of course, all 314 of us. All right, back to Dan Bongino. Good morning, you guys. It is Amanda and Heather. So we just came across an article where the Supreme Court ruling in foreclosures means Oregon counties may have to pay back millions of dollars. So it looks like three former Oregon homeowners have filed a class action lawsuit against the counties where they used to live um, after local governments foreclosed on their homes and kept the full proceeds instead of just the amount to cover their unpaid taxes. Mm-hmm. The suit seeks to enforce a recent U.S. Supreme Court ruling that limits what authorities can collect following a foreclosure. The Supreme Court ruled that it violates the takings clause of the Fifth Amendment. The Oregon lawsuit singled out Multnomah County, Lane County, and Yamhill counties. Um, Oregon currently allows counties to foreclose and sell homes of residents who own... Who, sorry, who owe unpaid taxes and keep all the money, even if the sale of the property nets more than what the delinquent taxpayer owed. Geez, sorry, I struggled through that one. The Supreme Court recently found that the practice unconstitutional. You're all right. The Supreme Court recently found that practice unconstitutional, ruling in favor of a 94-year-old Minnesota woman, Geraldine Tyler, whose county foreclosed on her condominium and kept all the proceeds. The court ruled that governments cannot retain surplus proceeds from a foreclosure without giving the former property owners a way to recover those funds. Failing to do so is unconstitutionally taking private property for public use without just compensation. I'm actually pretty excited for this. It looks like a Martin Lynch had almost about 32000 in unpaid taxes on his Springfield home. And in 2020, Lane County foreclosed on his home and sold the property for a little over, a little under 120000 
so they kept about $87,000 more. So they made that off of him. And it's kind of frustrating because it's, I guess I would have to look at it and see what he still owed on the home and his taxes. But yeah, to gain profit off of other people's struggles, it's a little frustrating to me. Right, because it looks like they did sell the home. They if you deducted the amount of his unpaid taxes, there was over $87,000 left that they just kept. That's and outrageous. And so it looks like they're they're wanting to apply this to all the other counties so that these this uh, case can actually affect and cost millions of dollars. Yeah. I wonder how they're going to pay that back with all their budget issues. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you shouldn't take things that don't, aren't yours. It's a violation of the, the, yeah. the kicking's clause of the Fifth Amendment. Good for them. All right, back to Dan Bongino. Good morning, you guys. It is Amanda and Heather. So a former prison nurse sentenced to 30 years for sexually assaulting a Coffee Creek inmate, actually multiple. So a former Oregon Department of Corrections nurse was sentenced Tuesday to 30 years um, for sexually assaulting nine, wow, nine female inmates while working there. Um, And Coffee Creek is Oregon's only women's prison located in Wilsonville. And he was there from 2010 to 2018. His name was Tony Daniel, Daniel, Tony Daniel Colleen. Did I say that right? I think it's probably Klein. Klein, uh, 39 of Clackamas County. He was convicted on July of, on 17 counts of depriving of women and their constitutional rights to not be subjected to, sorry, subjected to cruel and unusual punishments by sexual assault and four counts of perjury. My Lord. Natalie White, U.S. Attorney for the District of Oregon, said in a statement, Today's sentence sends a clear message that using a position of authority to prey on individuals in custody will never be tolerated by the Department of Justice. And holding Tony Klein accountable for these crimes would not have been possible without the courage and resolve of the women he abused and the dedication of our partners at at the FBI and Civil Rights Division. The survivors said they endured multiple assaults while in prison and faced disbelief from prison officials when they reported the abuse. And I think that's where my frustration really really lies is that that they reported it so many times and nothing was done. Um, The Statesman Journal reported in 2019 that sexual abuse and rape were not only widespread at Coffee Creek, but the violence was ignored by prison staff and those who reported it were were. We're punished. We're I mean, punished. They're sitting there getting treated horribly, and then you're reporting your punish, you know, that you're being punished, and you get more punishment for it. Yeah. How belittling. Well, it looks like he resigned from his position on January 31st of 2018. So these, uh, before Klein faced criminal charges, he and the Oregon Department of Corrections were defendants in a multi-million dollar civil lawsuit filed on behalf of sexual assault survivors. The state paid a combined $1.87 million to those, uh, for those uh, civil lawsuits. And it looks like in 2017, the investigation by the Oregon State Police did not result in charges from the Washington County District Attorney's Office. Prosecutors issued a decision in August of 2018 to not file criminal charges against clients, saying the allegations against him were unsupportable. And we were just talking about how he resigned from his position in, in January of 2018. Uh, they were bringing up this investigation in 2017. There was no decision until August, and yet he went on and became a nurse at Legacy Health. During that time. Yeah, if you're not guilty of those charges, then why do you leave? Why do you resign before you're said that you're not guilty or guilty? And then, yeah, how terrifying that you 
For one, they say that there wasn't enough evidence, but then they paid out a settlement. And so there of, was something. Well, and it said in part of the settlement was that he didn't have to admit that there was any wrongdoing. So there was almost $2 million paid out. He had resigned. He goes on and works up until the point of the new, uh, the new case um, as, at, at Legacy Health. So yeah, he continued as a nurse. Who knows what was happening to these people? Who knows, actually. That's probably terrifying. So I'm really glad that he's getting 30 years. He deserves it. All right, back to Dan Bongino, you guys.